right. Well, hello, fellow travelers. Thank you once again for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, and this is episode 23. Thank you for joining me, and I'm so excited to, uh, if you're uh, this is your first time, excited for you to be here. Uh, if it's your 80 millionth time, or, well, I guess we've only had like 23. There's been a couple other things out too, but, you know, 30th time or so. I'm also excited that you're still listening. Um, so, Today we're just going to uh, continue talking a little bit about following Jesus, and uh, we will um, land on a couple different places. But uh, as always, if you would like to connect, you can always send a uh, you can follow me on Facebook at for- Facebook forward slash the Unbroken Ground, or uh, uh, you can email at the Unbroken Ground at gmail.com or uh, you can find me on Instagram. All great ways to connect. Again, thank you for listening and uh, let's jump in. So today I just wanted to kind of just think through the idea of like following Jesus and how whether or not um, it's a challenge. Because um, I think about uh, being in America, the the fact that um, we have laws and we have culture and, and everything that uh, really reflects um, a Christo, Judeo-Christo um, heritage actually makes following Jesus fairly simple. Um, it, it really actually comes down to the idea of whether or not um, we will we we will give up uh, certain sinful behaviors, whether we'll have whether we'll uh, be able to adjust and fit in with a cultural Christianity that 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 thrives in in America, um, and and I think that it it is less like um, the Christianity that that Jesus and Paul understood because the the challenges um, re- really are that. Um, you can know Jesus and then go back to everyday life. And there's not a whole lot um, that there's just, if you do that, there's not a whole lot of issues that arise because if you, if Christ doesn't make a difference in your life, uh, the world um, is just, they're just not going to notice. They're not going to care. And so um, it, the easiest thing for you to do then is to, to, um, uh, secure your your ticket to heaven, basically, as as uh, as we might say a lot of times with uh, with preachers and evangelists of the uh, the old cloth, the old guard. Growing up, that they you know if you died tonight, what would happen? So they you secure that ticket to to heaven, but um, but you don't. But but it doesn't necessarily really uh, make a difference. Um, there's there's a there's a story in the Bible that I think really highlights this and and I, and it is the story of Peter and uh, after after Jesus's death now uh, famously Jesus uh, told Peter he was gonna deny him uh, Peter said I will not I will not um, I will if even even if everyone falls away I will not deny you and but by by uh, you know six o'clock on the day that Jesus has died six in the morning the day that Jesus has dies uh, Peter has denied him three times um, and and so Jesus is dead. Um, Peter runs out of the city, city grieving, comes back uh, to see the crucifixion. And then um, he spends some time 
uh, you know, well, and then and then the resurrection happens, and uh, he's gathered with his his uh, friends, the the, the disciples. Uh, Peter is in the upper room, um, and and after about seven days ish, um, he says, I, "I'm I am I'm going to go fishing." Um, and I think that um, this is actually a more momentous decision than than uh, than we really think about it, because I think what it actually shows is that Peter. Um, is has decided that even though um, Christ has returned, even though Christ has come back, um, there what is there more to do? Like this was not uh, what the idea of what what the Messiah was going to do, and so even for Peter to just imagine like, well, what happens now? Um, on top of all that, then you also have the fact that that Peter. Um, had denied Jesus those three times, betrayed him, and so Peter's having to deal with the guilt of, of denying his Savior and and um, and, and his Lord and his and his friend, um, that he had to die with it, that he had to um, to die alone, that he that he, even though he had proclaimed with great bravado that he would not. Um, uh, forsake him, he did, uh, and so so Peter has to deal with that, and so I think um, there's this there's this sense for Peter that um, maybe the last three years just were were less uh, uh, less what he thought they were, and more he just needed to go back. Um, he he did what he thought he should do. He followed Jesus, um, but he but he failed. He he was. Uh, in the end, he was one of the ones that fell away. He was just like everybody else. And I think that for for Peter, uh, he wanted to go back to do something um, that was the, the before, that was that in, in some ways it was a sim- it was symbolic, but also very real that he was going back to his old life. He was saying like, oh, I... Uh, I didn't make it as a disciple. I failed. I I, I rejected um, Jesus. Um, I I abandoned him. Um, so I I can't still be the 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 person that that uh, Jesus wanted me to be. I can't be his disciple because I I failed. Um, even though Jesus had come back, even though um, Peter had seen him, uh, I think. In, in the book of John, you, you get this scene that where, where, where Peter's like, I'm, I'm going fishing. Because cause the question, I think, is still true for us, and it's still, I think it, it, it lives and, and um, circulates over um, Peter and the disciples is, okay, uh, Jesus has come back from the dead, now what? And I, I think that for Peter, he just, he couldn't imagine... Um, a way forward because of of who he was and what he had done, and and uh, and even imagining what it was that um, Jesus might think about him. Um, I mean, he betrayed him. Uh, he said, you know, he said, no, no, not me. I, I would never betray you. And yet, uh, even vehemently, um, at one point, he he betrayed even knowing who Jesus was. And uh, so so he he goes to um, he goes back to being a fisherman. Uh, he returns to who he was. Uh, he knew Jesus, but he didn't know what the next steps were. And so he, uh, so he he took a moment um, and and after decide after, you know this this great news that Jesus has returned, um, he didn't really know what to do. And so so I think he was like, I think I'm just gonna go back to being a fisherman. 
And I think this really speaks to us today because I think that um, we kind of have the same sense. Like when we accept Jesus Christ, uh, we're, we're not automatically called into these uh, places of ministry. We're not automatically called in to be pastors or ministers or missionaries in the sense of like, we're going to all go to Africa or we're all going to start a church or we're all going to be on staff somewhere. But we are, we are called to live our lives and live our lives for Christ. But um, there's, there's this very um, hard side to things, which is that, that if we don't, even if we just live good lives, even if we just live lives that look like um, uh, who, what Jesus would look like, what Jesus would expect of us, then, then we're going to find acceptance in most Christian circles. We're going to find that we'll fit into Christian culture, into church, especially in America, um, if we just live well, um, if we avoid major sins, if we if we look good on the outside, if we show up and we if we give, if we um, like all of that, we can do all of that after meeting Jesus, um, and and I think that that's c- kind of where um, the the rub is, uh, like that's where the the tension is, is that having Jesus should make a difference and yet um in in a lot of people's lives in a lot of people's lives that you know in a lot of people's lives that you spend time with you can't see the difference and so like we we wonder about why um kids are leaving youth group and and going to college and just leaving the church altogether um and and i think at least in some part it's because they have seen in their family in their church in their in adults in their town that they have seen people who proclaimed that they knew jesus but it didn't really make a difference in how they live their lives like if you if you love jesus um but you but you can't love your neighbor if you love Jesus, but you, but you have a, a profound anger and hate. If you have a rage that lives inside you always, like like it begins. Like people who see that, people who um, are trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian. When they see that, they begin to say, "Well, what difference does Christ make?" And and I think that as a Baptist, especially growing up, um, we very much focused on the idea that we were really concerned about what happens to you after you're dead. Like, um, and, and then we even have this theology that says like once saved, always saved because, and, and there's, there's scripture you can uh, use to back that up. Even I've, I've, I've even used it. Um, this idea that, that once you're in the palm of Jesus hand, you can't be taken out. No one can take them out. Um, but, but I think that, that, there's a real question that looms over us if we say that we know who Jesus Christ is, and yet it doesn't seem to make much of a difference in our lives. Like if you if you took if you took the uh, the the Christianese out, if you took the things that we'd say and say, all right, well, just live your life as a good person, um, our lives would not be much different. Um, and and I think that is the thing that is hard for the world to to understand. It's hard for the world to see, um, and then. Then people who who know that those people the best the, the the their children their friends their they begin to ask these questions of well if it doesn't matter um, how we live then what difference does Jesus make if if Jesus isn't really true if the things that he says don't seem to impact life and now um, if they're only for some future that we hope to obtain that we don't even know like it like that's faith and. Like, 
what difference does it make? And, and that's where I, I think we find Peter when he just, he, he just goes back and he says, I, I followed Jesus, I did the things, and, and yet I found myself at a point where I was still broken. I, found, I, was, a, I was a close friend of Jesus, and yet when, when the pressure hit, I, I, I denied him. I, I said nothing. I avoided. I did not live in his sacrifices. And so I get that, that when Peter is, after Peter has taken some time to consider the fact that Jesus has returned and consider the fact that, that because Jesus has returned, he's proving out to be who he said he was. He's the Son of God and the Messiah. And things that Peter knew and understood and said he knew and understood before, but now in, in, in a way more real than, it, uh, than he could ever have imagined, more real than he ever. And now, and now he has to think back and go, well, but I, I didn't, I, I said, I believed but my life didn't live that out. And so I, I definitely, I understand when, when, he, when he gets to the point where he says, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go back to being a fisherman. I, I, I'm just going to go back to live my life. Um, because that, that's where I am comfortable. Um, that's where I am, I, that's where I know what to do. That's where I know what to say. That's where I know. And, and, uh, and, and I think the wonderful thing about this, that the story in John is that Jesus won't let Peter stay there. Jesus, Jesus, never, um, Jesus never comes to Peter and says, hey, buddy, it's okay. You, you denied me. He, he doesn't say that. Um, I, I mean, I think it's there. I think that, that Jesus is not still holding that against Peter or that, or that he's got some grudge where he's like, ugh, I can't stand this Peter guy. I can't believe he would deny me. Um, but but there was something greater um, in what Jesus was doing, which was Jesus was reorienting Peter's life. And so when when he comes to um, to talk to Peter uh, when he when he's on the beach, he 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 makes the, he asks these questions. Peter, do you love me? And Peter says yes, yes. Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? Yes. And he's like, then feed my sheep. And, and here's, I, I think, well, the thing that strikes me as so obvious, uh, yet sometimes we miss it so much, is that the, we, we get so afraid of living a life that says, oh, I can earn um, God's love. We get so afraid of that. We get so afraid of, of preaching a works-based salvation of like, well, if you're saved, if you want to be saved, you got to do this, this, and this. you got to check the boxes. And we get so afraid of that that we almost push to the other side where it's like, well, you can't, you can't have any talk about works. You can't have any talk about what's going on with life. And so, because if you do, then you're just, you're just bringing into the works, into the salvation. And salvation is by grace alone. And that's true. But, if you're saved, then then you are saved to things. You are saved to do things. You are you are still here on the earth 
to live a life for Jesus. And so when Jesus comes back and, and he finds Peter and he finds Peter in this place where Peter's like, I guess I am disqualified. I'm no longer the leader. I'm no longer the person that Jesus wanted me to be. And he, and he finds him and he cooks him breakfast and he pulls him aside. And he says, if you, you still have a calling and that is to go feed my sheep. That didn't change. It didn't change when you when you messed up, when you failed, when you didn't when you denied me. I told you you were gonna do that. That didn't change who you what you were called to do. And and I think that um, that it's such a strong reminder that we are called to do works in God's name for His kingdom, for His glory, for His for His sake. That that's how God works. Like he doesn't have to. God could do everything by himself. He could, doesn't need us. But he has chosen out of his goodness to include us in his work and his plan. And so we then also have that calling in our lives. And I think that so many times we have, we, we struggle because we, instead of making the calling the center of our lives, what we've done is we've made our lives the center, who we are, what we want to do, and we've added, um, we've added the, the the calling of Jesus or the, the 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 grace of Jesus. We add that on to as a as a bonus package of our life, uh, because it's it's not hard or difficult to follow Jesus in America. We've we've made laws um, to make it easy. Like you can't like we have freedom of religion, uh, we have freedom of speech. And so because we have all these laws, um, we've built into our governing system that we aren't going to face persecution because of our beliefs. I mean, also, we, we have um, a whole, we, we've even built a whole political machine along this idea of, of living out and protecting conservative ideas and conservative people and Christian people and making sure that people aren't persecuting the church and and even have crusades against things like oh people who don't want to say christmas and we we think oh they're they're trying to persecute us christians and and you just and and you just go i that is it's so easy to follow jesus in the society we live in that it feels like because it's not a challenge that we take it for granted um because I, if I go outside and I go, hey, I'm a Christian, nobody, everybody's going to be like, oh, cool, whatever, or I don't care, or, uh, or they're going to be excited because they're all like, oh, I'm a Christian too. Whereas, and through much of, of the early church, if you, were to, if you were to declare yourself a Christian, you were declaring yourself an enemy to the, the, uh, the, the religious established at the time, the synagogue, you were an enemy, you'd get kicked out, you, you, even your, your, your whole family would kick you out. And, and then later, as time progressed, you were declaring yourself an enemy of Rome, and Rome um, would have no problem killing you. Uh, and so, so there was a real life-changing, life-costing decision to follow in Christ in those times. And so I think that's why you see uh, Paul write these things where he's like, I'm more than a conqueror and, and uh, n- no weapon formed against me can, can, can prosper. But, but here's, here's the thing is like, but Paul's writing these things from prison. And you're like, Paul, 
the things you're saying doesn't don't align with with what we're seeing. We see that you're you're caught in prison, and and Paul understands that there's something deeper going on, and he's not talking about like the the like life and the, the things that happen in life and, and whether or not those things go the way we want them to go or whether or not we get blessings or whether or not we feel like God is really giving us what we deserve or what we want. Um, we deserve nothing. Uh, that, uh, like we, we deserve separation, but because God has given that gift, but still we, we are like, well, God, why do I have, why is life so hard? And, and I think that part of the, the, the struggle is, is that we, um, we don't, uh, we, we, we aren't ready. We haven't been prepared. We haven't had to live a life of harshness, uh, of hardness to follow Jesus because it's, it's easy. Um, you know, um, again, it, it becomes much more of a life of, of sin avoidance. Are you willing to forego some of the pleasures of this world when, when we know that those pleasures, uh, the sin they're they're I mean, they are obviously entrapping and they're intriguing because that's why people do them. They're lures, um, they lead to destruction, but are you, are you, are you willing to forego some of those pleasures? That's, that's what Christianity has really kind of boiled down to so that you can have life eternal. You say, I'm a follower of Christ. And we said, okay, well, if you're a follower of Christ, here's the things you can't do. And, and I think that, um, we really have to come back to a place where we're like, if I'm a follower of Christ, then Christ is going to change every part of who I am. If, if I'm going to follow Christ, then Christ wants all of me and he wants to change all of me. And he wants to bring me, all of me, to holiness. And uh, when, when, we get, when we get up in arms about um, people persecuting us, and it's like, ah, that's, this is easy. This is, this is easy. This is easy to follow Christ from an outside, from outside pressure because most of us don't have people waiting to kill us if we say we follow Christ. There are people around the world that deal with that daily, that they, they have people who would, would love nothing better to, to, to kill other people who say that they are followers of Christ. And we, and in America, I don't have to deal with that. But I wonder if that also allows me to be weak in my faith. It allows me to be weak in my following of Jesus because um, the, the hardest things for me is like, oh, what am I going to spend my money on? Or what, what am I going to do? Um, you know, what am, I, what am I spending my time with? Well, like, how am I build, building my life? Am I going to chase after uh, wealth? Am I going to chase after renown? Am I going to chase after pr- uh, fame? Uh, you know, and, and, oh, some people don't like you if you're, if you're famous and you also proclaim Christ. Oh, that's persecution, right? And it's like, yeah, in a sense, but really, is that, that's, that's easy, because it's not life or death. It's not, it, you know, it, it is this idea that um, we are called to be different and live in such a way that the world notices and live in such a way that our family notices, live in such a way that our kids notice so that, that when they, when our children, when our, when our kids go to, to, to youth group and then go to college, they don't just fall away because they're like, well, I mean, what difference did it make? 
we are called to live in such a way that um, our life could not be separated from our faith. That that if you if you tried to pull the threads out of our faith from our lives, that you just couldn't do it. You would just rip the whole thing apart. Um, I'm afraid that in America we've we have too many people whose lives are compartmentalized, and you could easily incise take out the part that's that's the Christian life, um, and it would be and it it would be like uh, in many many cases that for people it just wouldn't make that big of a difference. And and again, one of the reasons that is is because we told, we we sold this idea. Um, at least in Southern conservative Christianity, we sold this idea that um, you were to be, um, you, that you wanted to know Christ so you didn't have to, um, that you didn't have to know, um, uh, you, didn't, you, didn't, you had to know Christ so that you know what happens when you die. Um, but other than that, uh, there's, there's not much that, that, you, that, that you held on to. Um, I mean, there was there's some uh, values. There's some conservative values. There is some. Um, this is how we cultural how we live life. This is how we 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 talk, and this is how we walk, and this is how we we do the things that we say we're gonna do. Um, and and because of all that, um, it it makes a difference to say, oh well, you know, if you're a Christian, I, I talk a certain way, I, I I do certain things. But but even above and beyond that, like. We can do those things. We can do those things without ever allowing them to really reach down into our hearts and affect who we are. And and it's just like the Pharisees. It's just like the Pharisees. It's one of my favorite things that that Jesus talked about, um, because I think it still is so important for us to avoid. And he said, "Hey, Pharisees, you guys are are whitewashed tombs." He goes, "You're dead on the inside, but you're making your outsides look good." And and I think that in America. We have to avoid this idea of like of of one note Christianity, where we're like, well, uh, especially especially when we're, we're we're dealing with the world, and we're like, well, if you're a Christian, then you then you've got to be this or this or this, and if you're not, then 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 we start to question you. You gotta you've got to hate the things that I hate and love the things that I love, and if you don't, then 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 we're not sure that you are in or out or or whatever you might say. We have to move beyond that we have to have a deeper understanding we have to have a deeper way to look at the issues that our world is facing and to figure out how to bring the truth of jesus to those people who most need to hear it and and we we struggle with this because we we get so caught up into what people might think about us like um we, we get caught up into to fundamentalism where we're like, well, my beliefs are more pure than your beliefs. And so uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull back and I'm going to be better. And so I'm going to I'm going to judge you because you don't have the same um, true belief as I do. Um, and, and we get so caught up into that um, that we often miss the 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 forest for the trees and that what we should be living for is a life that's been so so ultra, so radically altered by Jesus that people around us would want to know how how we lived, why we lived, and how they can live that way. To, to be so radically full of things like joy and peace and patience and kindness. That's what, that's what Romans says, right? God's kindness 
not his judgment, but his kindness is what draws people back to him, that we would be so radically full of those things that the world would say, I, I don't know uh, what you have, but I want some of that. Um, because I think the world has tasted this, this outside layer of Christianity and they've found it to be unfulfilling and unsatisfying. And so when people are given the chance when people are given the opportunity to, to do something else or to stretch their beliefs or to stretch, they do. They, they leave behind because it's, it's, if, you are, if, you are, if your soul is hungering and, and all that, that you've been fed is kind of junk food, junk spiritual food, then you're going to seek better sustenance. It's just, it's just what you're going to do. And, and I think that in America popular Christianity, the culture, um, we have allowed, we've allowed ourselves to be so shallow that we don't feed the deep need of the soul. And, and so that's, and, and so that's my challenge for us, for anyone listening, for anyone, um, to, to find ourselves in the place like Peter and go, because I think Peter found himself in this place where he was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what life means now that I know Jesus, that you're the resurrected savior. I don't know what my life means. So I'm going to go back. And I think that when we do that, because we we can do that, we can just say, I'm just going to keep living life and I'm adding Jesus to it. But, but Jesus is calling us to something more. Jesus is calling us. He's saying, no, you can't go back. You can't just be who you were with a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in. No, you are changed. You are new. You're a new creation. You're new, and and I have plans, and I have I have things that I want to do through you and for you, and all and and all I ask is that you follow me with all your heart, that you love me with all your heart, mind, and soul, and that you love your neighbor. And even just those things, they sound so simple, can be so hard. So here's the challenge. This week and the rest of your life, how can you live in such a way that people see that you're sold out for Jesus? That, that, that Jesus is not just an outer layer of something that you put on over the soul, but that he is the very essence of who you are on the inside and he's the reason for everything that you do now and through eternity. And as you do that, may God reveal to you how he's going to use you and what he wants you to do. Because he has plans. And he's at work. And I just, I, I mean, I hope you have the same way feeling, but I just want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And I want to be available for him to do that through me, around me, with me, whatever it is. So that make that your prayer. God, help me be so authentic, so full of you, so filled with your spirit, so filled with who you are that I will that the world around will set up and take notice and that want to know why and that want to know more. And as we do that, God, may your kingdom be glorified. Mm-hmm.